$19,000. Yeah, it's insane. Bitcoin's going crazy. In the morning, Nathan Penetration. In the morning, Brian Black. Threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Bitcoin will give you whiplash. <laughs> What's it at right now? It's not 19,000 right now. 16,700. It's changing all the time. It, it crashed, went to, what, 15,000 at the lowest? Then it peaked again at uh, 17,600. I thought we were going to have like a double bounce and then it was just going to decline. It still can. I mean, if you look at the one day view, it's pointless by the time people listen to this over the weekend. But yeah, that, that one day view currently is curving down. The bubble might be deflating. Hmm. Let's hope not. Let's see if we can get to 100,000. More people should put their life savings into this This big pyramid scheme <laughs> the house of cards someone's gonna so, be losing big time so what are you drinking water i've got a belgian beer and i've got a norwegian water oh mineral water no it's uh voss oh Some people think Voss tastes like tap water. To me, it tastes... I think it has to do with the mineral mineral content in it. But to me, it has like a very unique kind of earthy taste to it. You've had it before, right? I'm not sure. It, yeah, it tastes different than any other water I've ever drank, including like the alkali stuff. I'm looking at my meter right now and I can see like I'm getting desk vibrations or something when I let my mic hang the tension screwing up my my noise gate maybe if I move my mic it's a little better I guess um, did you learn anything new over the last couple of weeks um It's been a lot of like just kind of trivial bullshit that's just taken up lots of time, like setting up phones and um, setting up workstations, stuff like that. Nothing really stimulating. Um, I just yesterday I started messing around with uh, the uh, Swift Playground app for the iPad. It's pretty cool. It's gamifies teaching you how to code swift playground is also technically in xcode on the mac that's cool i haven't used it yet but i know it's in there because i've messed with it but why don't they have it for the iphone though now that they've got a you can't set a dev you can't set up a dev environment on a phone it's just not possible there's no space yeah but they have the screen the rumor is they're going to be releasing a 6.1 inch uh iphone x the 10 inch ipad is pushing it that's kind of too small to be doing that like if you were actually working with code Hmm. you can't see very much of it 
you'd have a little mini map open, you'd be scrubbing around through pages of code. Next yeah. to that, you'd probably have something else, maybe a console, so you can get a real-time view of uh, maybe like a local web server, but there's no second screen to view the local web server on. So it'd be lots of dividing stuff. You'd have the keyboard taking up a portion of the screen, a little tiny console that would only give you like three lines where you can spin up the server and have it reload and stuff. And then maybe above or below that, your little tiny sliver, like looking through a straw into pages of code. And then to the side of that, that other third of the screen would be your live web view. You've already run out of space. That's why they got the 12.9. But there, there is no Apple native dev environment to make I, like iOS apps on iOS. I think because they came out with the Xcode Playground, there's a chance they'll have Xcode for iOS at some point, but we'll see. Everybody else's dev tools, their IDEs, are becoming very advanced, and it it ends up making a larger and larger feature list that I want on Xcode. I don't use Xcode, but there's stuff that I would want. I, I just mess with like little simple scripts. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing either. It's just pure cargo culting. I just copy and paste stuff, and if it works, it works. Or I pay somebody to make something for me, and then I can tweak their code. Like, um, I have a useful curl script that uploads to S3 to a specific bucket without having any of the S3FS stuff installed. So I just use curl built into the OS, at least on the Mac, to upload a file in a current directory to a staging server, and that, or in this case it's an S3 bucket, the S3 bucket automatically deletes itself in 24 hours. Hmm. So it puts it up there just long enough to copy it somewhere else. What's a staging server again? Just an intermediary. It's whatever you want it to be. Oh, I'm okay. just calling it that. Who knows? In computer science, I'm probably not even using the term right in some academic setting, but it's a word. I think I'm using it properly. Um, that particular script I can link you to. It's just something I found on uh, GitHub. All right. You find it helpful. Because you can put it into any of your Linux servers and then make a just basically say stage the config file name and that's it. And then it would it would and then it would echo the URL of the file and then you copy and paste that into your browser and your computer and you just made a copy of all your configs. Your that's configs true. are now exposed to the internet for twenty four hours, but they go away. At least it's not an advanced threat or a very persistent one. One of my eight terabyte disks that I use to just put random stuff on. Looks like it's full. I'm trying to run Daisy wow. Disk on it. Um eight terabytes? Yeah, that's not much. It's just a toy yeah, drive. What is on there that's taking up all that space? Stuff. I don't know. 
like porn. <laughs> yeah, there's probably someone there, but not eight terabytes. It's, it's just thousands of site reps. I, um, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm doing a daisy disk scan, scan right now. Hopefully, by the end of the show, I'll go tell you because on a hard drive, it takes a long time. I guess. I wanted to figure out the size of the blockchain, the Bitcoin blockchain. When you use the local client, I think it's almost a terabyte now. I'm not sure. That's what I'm trying to check. Maybe I can Google it. Oh, that was a weak bell. Let's see if I can fix that. There we go. Size of blockchain. 52.5 gigabytes per year. So... How long is... I know, I'm trying to find that. I just want a simple answer. Okay, it looks like... It's a 145 gigs right now. That's not bad. Incoming link. Blockchain.info. They have a chart of the block size. Or blockchain size. And I think it'll project over time. 145 gigs is not bad. Look at the graph over all time. It's accelerating. This is yeah. everybody's transaction. Every send and receive. And it's just going to keep getting bigger. So it looks like it went from almost 90 gigs to trying to figure out the end of the year there. So it went from 95 gigs or 96 gigs to 145 gigs in one year. the math 1.5 times the size huh so 145 times 1.5 it's gonna be 220 gigs next year well hmm 330 shit It's gonna take days to download let's, that thing. What's it out right now? It's sixteen seven eighty one. I don't understand though. Like I've got more money in my wallet or more money total now than I did earlier. But Ethereum has dropped, and Litecoin's been at ninety seven for a little while. Like that doesn't make any sense. Well, Litecoin. Oh, okay. No, Litecoin or uh, Ethereum never changes. It's down 1050. It was, uh, I think it was close to 450. So it changed 2%. Yeah, that's not much. But Hey, where's the iMac Pro? Is this a thing I'm going to have to stay away from? Because it might be delayed. The iMac Pro? Yeah. Didn't they say it was going to be late December? They just said December. Hmm. 
Yeah, where's the speaker too? Yeah. After all those fuck ups recently, and the uh, device delay, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna buy it anyway. There's a rumor that they're gonna do an edge to like a iPhone 10 display on a cheaper phone, but it's gonna be an LCD instead of an OLED. And that's gonna be the kind of the the uh, the lower offering to get everybody on Face ID. Kind of a weird rumor. Makes sense though. Metal back, so it's not going to do wireless charging. It's going to be, it's just going to have some less features versus the regular ten, but and an LCD instead of a OLED. That might be preferable. The little color shifts are weird. Because I'm I'm used to the way an LCD gets dark. When you turn off axis, the colors don't really shift anymore. It just gets dark. Yeah. These are basically IPS panels that they use in the LCDs in the iPhone, right? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. So what... So what what are you losing with an OLED over an IPS LCD specifically? Trade-offs. I don't know what you'd be losing. Like color, like... Uh, Lifespan, burn-in. Those are all okay. OLED problems. I think, yeah, burn-in I think I've heard of for OLEDs. And the color blue apparently goes away. Hmm. <laughs> The pixels die or something. And I think that's why they make the pixels, they put so many on the screen. Because if they lose 30% of the pixels, like all the blue ones, they want to make sure that you can't tell by just having an array of of uh, LEDs on the screen. And then maybe they even turn the blues up over time. There's probably something scheduled, like built into the thing. And if the pixels are that small, they never have to replace it because you can never see whether or not a sub-pixel burned out. So maybe on the LCD model, they'll have less. It'll have less pixels too. Yeah, I don't think they can make an LCD with pixels that small, but m- yeah, maybe they can because they do in those little camera what's, viewfinders. What's the PPI on the uh, on the the ten? Isn't it like four eighty or five hundred? Let me see. Let me look it up. Consult the book of knowledge. It's not normal pixels though. It's just like a super high resolution like spattering of pixels that happen to line be able to line things up they're pentile it's 458 ppi I had a couple of those numbers right iPhone 8 is 401 with a lower resolution 401? I don't think so that's what it says uh, 1920 by 1080 yeah, that's, that's like for the, 200 the pixels per inch, not 400? That doesn't sound right. Let's see, iPhone 8 PPI. It's got to be the same as the 7, 7 Plus. 
Fuck is it? It says the I, the 1334 by 750 display is, has 326 ppi. That sounds right. So if it's the plus, then it's, yeah, it's 401. It's 1920 by 1080. Wow. So the PPI on the, the 10 for being, what is it, a 5.8? It's not that much higher, and the resolution is a lot higher too. So the PPI for the re it's too damn high. The resolution is really high, yeah, but the but the PPI count isn't as high as the resolution should be. I mean, it isn't as high as it should be compared, you know, because the resolution is so high. Because if the you're technically not getting that resolution anyway, it's pentile. Hmm. It's an interpolated image. Right. It's so small that you can't see it. Hmm. So it doesn't even matter. Just like you probably won't ever see the blue pixels dying. Or sub-pixels, whatever they call them. Because I guess they're all separate. Uh, I got gaming, gaming stuff. GeForce Now. Yeah. Did you get to experience the awesomeness of GeForce Now? I haven't tried it yet, actually. I have this little weak bitch of a laptop called the MacBook. And I can stream PUBG to it at 60 FPS at 1080p. It streams from, who knows, maybe like an Amazon EC2 instance that's a GPU instance. Their game client has super low latency. It takes all my keyboard and mouse inputs, translates them, pipes them directly into this remote instance, and it all streams back to me. I don't know if it can pipe your microphone into it yet. It wouldn't surprise me if they had that working too. There was a company that offered a product or a service. They offered a technology preview where you could set up your own instance of this in Amazon EC2, and I tried to do it, and I gave up. But the cool thing about that would be I would only pay for the time that I'm using it. So I could just spend $5 at a LAN running some like Xeon with a GPU that's like a thousand dollar GPU that I don't have to, I don't have to pay for. I just rent it. Right. Yeah. So, it's pretty cool. Uh, GeForce now will hopefully be the same way. I kind of hope that they have metered billing where you only pay for what you use, but I have a feeling it's going to be more like Netflix where you're going to pay like 20 bucks a month and have access to this server. Well, the other problem is that you're going to have, if you, if you're with on Cox, then you have fucking metered connection now and they're going to degrade your, once you go over that limit, I they're going to charge you. No, I think they're going to lower your bandwidth and that's where you're going to have problems with that service. You're not going to have problems with that. You're never going to hit that playing games over a streaming service not by itself but if you're doing other things you're torrenting a lot or unlikely plus. seriously you would have to run a service 24 7 and never let the bandwidth drop so for example eight megabits a second 24 7 will get you roughly two terabytes per month 
for yeah, use think, roughly two terabytes. Yeah, but but the the caps I think are going to start in like the hundreds of gigabytes. My point is, your bandwidth usage is normally in peaks. So during the day, you're going to utilize more, and at night you're not going to use any. So particularly around lunch or something or business hours, even at at home for most people, since they go to work, they're not even using their bandwidth at home. So they're only using it during, what, dinner time for most office workers? I guess. So they're using their own internet connection like six hours a night if they're lucky. And if they're streaming that game or streaming everything over the streaming service, they're just realistically not going to hit one terabyte or whatever their limit is. You have to have 24-7 services running. Hmm, yeah. Or a bunch of 8 terabyte drives that you need to back up to the internet. Carbonite backups will do it. Because they have a mirror option where it takes like an image of your hard drive. Isn't it all business plans I don't know, now? I kind of compression algorithm they use either for that. Um, what do you mean, all business plans? All of the consumer Carbonite backup plans, they're gone. Like, you can't have a personal account. It's all business, or they refer you to somebody else, I think. Uh, I don't know. Let me see. It was some controversy. People liked Carbonite because they could run it on their different NASes and back up their whole back, their, uh, their NAS. Cloud backup for home and small business. I have a single computer, fifty nine ninety nine a year. It's the same pricing. Pretty sure it was them. Maybe it was unlimited. Their site is different now, like the layout and everything, and the way they let you choose things. They restructured something. Maybe the good client is only available for business. It was something like that. Oh, I see. What they did is they changed it. So now you can't just have two computers anymore. What they used to let you do is you'd pay, I think it was, uh, I think it was like a hundred a year and you could have two computers and then you could, uh, anything above that was like their business plan. So now what they let you do is you can only have one computer for fifty nine ninety nine. If you have any more than one computer, you have to go to the multiple computers option and it starts at two sixty nine ninety nine a year. So the price goes up over a hundred percent. There you go. It was something like that. Yeah, that's that's shitty. It's realistic. There's no such thing as unlimited. That, My Google so account that I have two, unlimited on. So you want to so okay, so what you gotta do now is you either gotta buy two fuck you have to set up two fucking accounts. For eat, like you're gonna have have to have. If, let's say you're a small business and you can't afford to pay two hundred seventy dollars. Uh, wait, why does it say a year? I just caught that. That can't be right. Is it a like subscription? Too. Yeah, but fifty nine ninety nine a year. <laughs> They're storing it. No, That's that cheap. can't be right. That can't be right. Look, Channel link to, to carbonite.com. It could be. That's got to be... No, it can't be right. 
Why? The one, oh, maybe they changed their... Oh, they don't include the image backup anymore either. That what the f is it just random files? So yeah, now it's just now it's just automatic whatever automatic cloud and external hard drives backup. Interesting. I think the external hard drives was a separate option too. External hard drives was the reason that people liked Carbonite. Sure, well, it was maybe. Java, but they could run it on anything. The image backup, I that that was part of whatever plan that I think. So I guess it'd be a legacy plan now. If you still have that and you're paying the same amount. Here's my pro tip for everybody that wants quote unquote unlimited by the one and only company that could have potentially absorbed the cost of losing money on this. Get a Google Apps business account. Pay 50 bucks a year for your account. Then up your you have to upgrade to like the increased storage business plan, something like that. You can just have your own domain name uh, frothymix.info or something. Now your email is example at frothymix.info and uh, then you use some backup client like Duplicity, Duplicati, something like that. Something that can use the Google Drive API and you now have, or Arc on the Mac, which is a great one, you now have access to unlimited backup. Or you could store unlimited things there. You could just put... I don't know if you could put a movie collection in there, because I think they actually scan it to see if it's copyrighted. I don't trust Google at all, so I, any of those backups, I make sure they're encrypted. And I also don't want a bunch of copyright flags on my, uh, my account. Yeah. But if you need to offload a shit ton of data, I actually suggest keeping the account that you're doing those backups on, especially if you're going to do it on multiple computers, keep it separate from whatever your actual account is for emailing just in case because what if you piss somebody off and you run a website like mostvulnerable.com and your site got censored and they said and Google's sensor said that it was a uh, deceptive website because some somebody got angry that they were on the list and reported the site to censor it what if my account got blocked because of that and I had a Chromebook I couldn't use my computer I couldn't get on the web I'd lose all my photos I'd lose all of my unlimited backup I'd lose my Google wallet I couldn't cash out my money I couldn't send emails. I couldn't use a single sign-on through my Google account into anything to get work done. Hmm. I'd be fucked. Yeah. I couldn't restore or recover a password to an Apple ID, for example. So, if you use Find Your iPhone, you could be fucked. Google can seriously screw you, so silo the backup data for the unlimited account into a separate account. What is that? $50 a year. Well, so, and then plus $10 a year or per month for the backup. $15 a month. Okay. I don't know if that's competitive. I guess back 
Blaze has something like that. Fifteen dollars a month times twelve. Ten times ten is one hundred and fifty, so uh, it's one eighty. I think Backblaze has unlimited backup with whatever their rules are. They have a little uh, welcome crash plan. Oh, crash plan was the one. Not Carbonite. Here, here's the link. Should, where'd it go? I think crash plan pissed off their users. Carbonite must have also. I think Backblaze says unlimited for $5 a month, but that's because you can't back up any external disks. So since this is for Mac users and Apple sells lots of SSDs, the most they're backing up is like 256 gigs or a terabyte. Anybody who has an iSCSI disk array that does SCSI over Ethernet, they can trick this system into backing up their array but that's it and then you have to deal with the java iSCSI driver it's gonna now cause kernel panics when you upgrade your os hmm this is only mac backblaze yeah because I've, I've never used it backblaze b2 is it's like one of those object storage systems like amazon s3 but cheaper. First 10 gigs is free. Backblaze B2 is a good deal. And I think they're supported in Duplicati and Duplicity. But they're not supported in much else. Like, I, I don't think I can use them in Transmit. Did you ever buy Transmit? No, I haven't bought it yet. You're still sitting on those uh, App Store credits? I've got like 15 left. I don't know if I should buy prompts too or that. Because uh, I'm not going to subscribe to Terminus. Okay. Um, you could try Blink. It's actually a pretty good terminal. And then, but then you have to like install Mosh and stuff. It may be confusing. It lets you have a persistent session so you can roam go from wi-fi to lte and still reconnect to your session but as soon as blink falls out of ram when you reconnect to the server you're establishing a new session and your old session is locked away and you have to kill it annually uh, um if you had a screen session inside there you could detach it screen is a useful command where you're running your shell session in a embedded shell session and just detach it with control a and then the letter d for control a to like activate the control mode and then d to detach then you can reconnect at a future date hop back into your shell session with all the old history and continue working that's cool isn't that what you use for what is that uh Steam when you run those Linux systems Left 4 Dead server and stuff well those are just yeah they're just scripts that I'm using so I don't really pay attention to how that guy set them up 
I just know when they stop working, I have to fucking figure out why, and it's annoying. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, uh, thing with, because all those scripts are different, because I think the, uh, like the actual Valve created games, like, uh, TF2 and, um, CSGO and DoD and stuff, they, I think TF2 and CSGO require you to have a Half-Life token, an HL token or whatever, which is like, you have to sign into your account and you have to, uh, like register your game, like, like through your account and then they give you a game token and then you, you have to like copy and paste that like if you're going to host your own like without a script you know without the linux game server manager stuff if you're going to host your own game server you would have to figure out where to put that in during the install process so the linux game server manager is really the only thing i have to do with that is like i just have to go into the um the uh like he he makes like a a, a file like a config file where you can just go in and plug that in easily and then you just nano that file and just copy and paste it into there. So other than that, like I've maybe tried once or twice to host those source dedicated server games. And I think I got it working once before I used those scripts in Linux. That is, um, I was always able to get them working in windows pretty easily. But yeah, uh, to answer your question, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really follow any of the other parts of those scripts. Yeah, I completely gave up on all those. Well, and it's, it's like a, a team of like two or three people that do all that stuff in that site. So yeah, there's 65 contributors, but they're the primary ones. Yeah. I didn't know there were that many. I thought it was just a small like three or four people group. I, I remember we talked about this before. Off air, let's see. LG SM. Yeah. Lesbian and gay support the minors. What? LG SM? I should be more specific. There, Linux game server manager. <laughs> Lesbian gay support for minors. Okay. Uh uh seventy-nine contributors. It's gone up. Huh. I love GitHub. I hate the people that run it, but GitHub is really quite nice. The people that run it are they're legit communists. <laughs> Um, I'm going to the happiest place on earth here pretty shortly. Oh yeah. Gotta get so, out of here. Yeah. I know there's something I'm missing. Something we didn't talk about last week. Oh, we didn't talk about all of the, uh, the security updates and the fuck ups. Oh yeah. Yeah. They had passwordless, uh, super user enabled. I mean, it wasn't enabled, but it enabled itself. Yeah, did you update like immediately? Oh yeah, there were there was a patch for their patch. I think I waited a day and then I updated it. 
but I don't think I used my Mac very much that day anyway, so. It, uh, it's not like, good. It's really sketchy. I think it's a quote-unquote accident. I wonder how much that stuff's, like, actually inserted on purpose. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember seeing the Mac Rumors article about it. And then I think you mentioned something in the uh, our group chat that we have about it. Um, something else Apple related I feel like I haven't brought up. Uh, I know what the other thing was I was going to say. What's that? You're still thinking. Um, there's a framework that Amazon is a large developer of called the serverless framework and it's for deploying serverless infrastructure and it lets you fill out a couple of fields for like what are the credentials for this that and the other here's your settings and the sort the code that you need to insert in a couple of these places it, i'm being intentionally vague because it depends on the service amazon for example people can create instructions for setting up something in Amazon where you have to construct all of it by hand yourself. The serverless tool will ask for credentials like admin keys and deploy all of it for you using Amazon's APIs all in the command line. That's cool. It's really cool. It makes everything effortless because I've I've deployed this dynamic DNS system that works with Lambda, API Gateway, and Route 53, and it always takes me two hours. Hmm. Because I'm going through the instructions by hand. Each line. Now insert here. Insert here. And then the screenshots to like describe where the stuff goes. If it went through this serverless framework, it would be done. It would take less than two minutes. The whole entire process would be done. It would provision all the correct credentials. Anyway, it lets me run th this uh, these serverless processes let me run a dynamic DNS system where I don't have to maintain the server. I don't have to maintain an Ubuntu instance that I have to remember, oh yeah, there was a a huge vulnerability I forgot to patch. I need to go to the six-month-old server, update it, and reboot it in off hours, or else the dynamic DNS doesn't update. There's none of that. It's just some... Uh, maybe JavaScript or something that runs in Lambda and receives uh, H like get requests or post requests. I don't know from the API gateway so it's three services that Amazon runs three different components all integrated together and the serverless tool the serverless framework makes that a two minute process instead of a two hour process and that's also in GitHub it's very handy cool 
Yeah, I need to I need to dabble more into AWS stuff and I'm you just my, my my focus is on PowerShell right now almost entirely. Yeah, that's a whole nother show. Bringyourwallet.com slash contact for feedback and suggestions. Bringyourwallet.com slash donate. Share the show. Support the show. Click the the donate button. It has some special Web 3.0 technology. And I think you can pay with Apple Pay. Maybe that's oh, just yeah. the purchase screen. It may not be in the donate section. But that's really cool. There's also books on the site. Bringyourwallet.com. See you next week. Sayonara.